Well, I guess uh, this is our podcast. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. 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 No, it isn't. Well, then what is it? No, it isn't is a banging ass podcast, and here we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, indeed we are. Look, I came here for an argument, not simple contradiction. An argument is a contradiction. It's not simple contradiction. Well, sometimes it's a complicated series of statements and subject matter, which is expounded upon other times in order to preface all that disagreement. You have to say, no, it isn't. What it is is going to be probably a continuation of ripping off brilliant minds like Monty Python and then taking full credit for it. That's very boomer of us to do that. Well, I'm almost boomer, so I guess that counts. You know, I always tell people don't beat themselves up or shame themselves unintentionally. I would say to you, don't do that to yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Is there a third option? Because I'm going to do it. Well, we're on a constant path of discovery and growth. So, uh, you know, I'd say don't, uh, you know, explore the countryside, but don't find any hills to die on. Or at least if you're going to find a better one than that. So what's, uh, what's going on in the world? Uh, my friend, any, uh, exciting news stories that caught your eye or, uh, furled your brow? Well, just so happens today, bill HB 999, which is upside down in this case, will be proposed by governor DeSantis. If this bill passes, the following will be removed from Florida's college campuses. NPHC organizations, Alpha Phi Alpha, Alpha Kappa Alpha, Kappa Alpha Psi, Omega Psi Phi, Delta Sigma Theta. I'm just going on. Um, A bunch of them. In addition, Jewish uh, studies, courses, majors, and minors. Feminist Theory, Courses, Majors, and Minors. Gender Studies, Courses, Majors, and Minors. Centers and Programs for Black Students. Centers and Programs for Latinx Students. Center and Programs for Asian and AAPI Students. Center and Programs for LGBTQ Plus Students. Tenured Faculty will be eligible for review their tenure will be reconsidered by the board of trustees who will be chosen and appointed by the governor basically it's like what uh republicans want to do with social security and medicare do you have any thoughts on that (laughs) do i have any thoughts on that 
well, it seems like he's doing a very poor job, Ron DeSantis. Well, maybe it's a good job. I don't know. But he's, he's really doing the best he can to cover up his, uh, uh, how should we say, that uh, in reality, he's a lot more like the lieutenant governor of West Virginia than he is with uh you know, all these people seem to have a, a, you know, their fascination with John Wayne, but obviously they don't understand John Wayne's dead. Uh, but I think it's just a matter of time till he gets caught posting uh, flames and hearts on uh, uh, various young people who uh, may choose to uh, identify themselves in some of the groups that he uh, uh, claims to be coming out against. Is that a nice way to say it? Well, it it is it also makes me wonder why he spent so much time hanging out with young people when he was a teacher and and clearly was uh trying to get laid well i'm all about uh engaging engaging uh communities and pr- promoting leadership but i think you can just look at everything uh just below the surface. I think people get tied up just seeing the top of the iceberg, but that's, that might be five or 10% of it. Maybe. And the, you need to, you need to understand that 90 or 95% of that iceberg is under the water. And so dive into that. Uh, but now I heard some, uh, I hate to use all the buzzwords, but, uh, some disturbing stories about, uh, you know, when he was down in Guantanamo, Guantanamo Bay, when he was supposed to be uh, I think representing some some uh, defendants down there who were detained that in fact he was just uh, harassing and making fun of them while they were you know in various stages of incarceration or uh, oh god what do they call it Americans don't call it torture uh, uh, amplified interrogation or uh, enhanced interrogation that's it that's the ticket that's the ticket I mean he's not father of the year like Ted Cruz but that's a whole other story about uh, dis- disgusting poor behavior from other people that want to identify themselves as white supremacists. And, uh, or human, for that matter. For that matter, yes. But uh, poor old, uh, poor old, poor old uh, Ted Cruz. And by Ted Cruz... Let me tell you what his real name is, because I don't want to. I don't want to misspeak. Oh yeah, <laughs> it is not his real name. It's not his real name, but uh, but also funny. Uh, but also Ted Cruz, as far as I can remember, uh, I, didn't he have dual citizenship at one time? That I guess he eventually had. Uh, God, I feel super uh, old because he's ten years older than I am, and obviously he looks like a crotchety old bastard, probably for obvious reasons. But uh, Rafael Eduardo Cruz, uh, you know, somebody else trying to pass himself off as something different than what he is, I guess. For I don't know, you know, but obviously some people are conditioned to be ashamed of who they are and, and not to embrace the, the beauty of culture instead to literally want to whitewash it. But. Uh, All right, so. Born disgracing the great town of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Disgracing the great Brett the Hitman Hart and everybody else from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Uh, having been born there, which that's what real American patriots do. They, uh, they're they born in other countries. So 
I guess that's his, his excuse about being uh, that he thinks he's like a founding father or a revolutionary, an American revolutionary, because obviously, you know, when those people were actually born, they were not American citizens. They were citizens of uh, they were British subjects or some variety of that. But um, Rafael Cruz, well, his mother was born in Delaware. So that's something. But he, or wasn't he, allegedly born in Canada? Well, you know, Wikipedia, that's communism. So it's, uh, well, I mean, I say that. He was, uh, I mean, his mother was, he had dual citizenship, which I think eventually at some point in one of his other nonsense you know, uh, propaganda uh, acting out fiascos, he uh uh, denounced his, uh, the half of his Canadian citizenship and I think just now is a full-time registered American. So, Only on paper. Well, a lot of those guys are big fans of changing teams, you know, or playing for other teams and people don't necessarily know about it. So, Didn't they develop the uh, wide stance maneuver? Well... I'm I'm sure because they all were reliving fake glory days from high school where they like to pretend that they were on the football team or they were linebackers because they're, you know, again, they don't understand John Wayne's dead and uh, the the myth of, uh, you know, whatever kind of way they can try to impose immediate immediate imperialism on other people. Um, um, Yeah, so in order, I think, to try to maintain this myth that they're more masculine than than they are, they want to get down in a, you know, a three-quarter stance, uh, which now they've decided to modify into a wide leg stance. You know, or maybe they just have bad knees and they have to really, knees and they really have to space out because gravity is not their friend. So, all right. So, here's a tidbit for you: if you insert commas into your password, whenever your passwords are uh, violated, as if they were altar boys the credentials are dumped into what's called a csv file and that comma will break it because within a csv file which is known as a common comma separated values file that is a functionality within that database so uh that's pretty cool I, i don't know if that's true or not but I'm going to test it out because I do have a little bit of hacking skills in order to do that. Do you have any commas in your password? And go ahead and tell us all of your passwords so that we can make sure that to uh, verify if they're comma-free or not. No, I don't I don't uh, use any pa- uh, commas in my passwords. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my, you know, I mean, my password's... I mean, I try to make them, you know, I mean, they're not easy to figure out like uh, uh, Lindsey Graham's margarita recipe, but they're, uh, uh, I think they're, I think they're, uh, they're, they're good. Um, God, I don't know. Was it the, who, which was it? I thought it was the West Virginia uh, Lieutenant Governor, but which governor was the one that was tagging the. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kentucky? Well, that's what we have the internet for, isn't it? I'm well, gonna, you think? Are you looking that up, or am I? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm searching it, but 
You think you could just go over Republic or a Google Republican governor Twitter? Tennessee, because he's volunteering for it. Yeah, he's definitely volunteering for the wide stance. Um. Oh yes, there he is. There yeah. he is. There he is. He, well, but I mean, I think that's he's just kind of really an accurate reflection of his generation. You he know, looks the, like every single conservative ever. You know, closeted. Yeah. Well, it's funny because his name is Rand E. McNally. You know, which are the, they're the map people, right? Yes, yes, yes. they uh, they use MapQuest to uh, find their way to uh, various Public yeah, yeah various rest areas. Yeah, well, I think because I think you know because they they're they're big on uh, processed foods, and I think that might be where he got confused when they said, "Hey, uh, he confused Twinkie with something else." I think has to be the issue because, you know, they're all about, uh, you know, they think organic foods for dirty hippies and whatnot. Uh, so I can see how he would make that mistake. He probably has a lot of Twinkies in his past. Well, I don't know if he's holding his breath or it looks like he's got some in his mouth right now. It's tough to tell. Yeah. But, uh, and this is per HuffPost, just because it's what I clicked on and they didn't throw a fake barrier up against me because they can't get avenue or uh, uh, revenue ad dollars. But uh, Tennessee Republican pausing. Maybe a pregnant pause. Who knows? I know they're big fans of, well, it wouldn't be a pregnant pause because no, it's not a it tweet. Be. Right. Uh, pausing uh, social media use after commenting on racy posts. Uh after he previously said he had, quote, no intentions of stopping when he was pressed about why he repeatedly commented on photos of a young gay model. Which I don't know why anybody has to really ask questions about why he did that, but uh, other than... Now, the question is, why do you act the way you act when you're doing what you're doing wouldn't that be hypocritical and why are you doing it when just be yourself? I have no problem with whatever pictures he clicks on as long as they are of legal age and everything is consensual. But I do have a problem with the fact that, uh, he's a fucking Nazi. Well, that too, that too, but also his, the culture he exists in and grew up in and the, you know, they there's no account. People have no personal accountability because anytime something bad happens or they do something wrong, it's a sin and it's the devil. So they just, you know, say, oh, God, forgive me. And then there's no actual accountability for any of their atrocious behavior because it was not them doing it. It was the devil acting through them. And that, you know, no matter what horrible thing they've done, uh, an anglicized uh, whitewashed, you know, homeless Jewish man who served people food suddenly became a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, English-speaking white guy. Well, we we already know that whenever a liberal has a devil in them, then that's unredeemable. But it is admirable whenever a conservative has a devil in them because they expunged the devil from them, and they're all better now. That can't happen with a liberal. 
Well, liberals are too busy reading books and helping people in real life. So it's tough to, you know, put down books and stop having them ideas. Well, evidently empathy is a cage for the devil. Well, you know, empathy is the cage for the devil, but also apparently when you feed homeless people, you're interfering with God's plan for them to to, uh, uh, not have food. That was his plan. He told me about it. It was like, here, uh, here's your toast with Jesus on it because you get to have food. Which is weird, too, because also uh, they uh, are super into cannibalism, you know, because this... You know, this wine becomes my blood. This this bread becomes my flesh, which is cannibalism. And uh, is it cannibalism, or is it more like what Randy's into? And that's all just a metaphor. I mean, he did hang around twelve guys a lot. Randy or or uh, uh, both the character of Jesus. Many, oh, many of them. Well, I think at uh, when Jesus was doing it, everybody was was uh, uh, on their knees out of service and not on. Uh, whereas when Rand, Randy McNally was doing it, it was on their knees to service the other dudes there. Okay, at least that's the myth. The myth involved in all this. I always when people when people uh, exclaim that you know they say that they say you know. Jesus Christ. You know, I always think like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Indeed. Or James Bond. You I know, like to. Or, uh, Artful Dodger. Yeah. 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 Bill Sykes. Those are the, that's, that's what I feel like yelling. I think you should. What's the funniest, what's the funniest thing you've heard somebody say out loud like that? Like name or expression that they've said. Or just an interesting one that's stuck in your head. Um, you know, I I can't pull it off the top of my head right now. Maybe we should prepare questions like this and then pretend they're spontaneous. Do you have positive? Well, yeah, I remember I was in Brevard. Uh, whenever I used to, you know, that period of time, I was there every every other weekend for two and a half or three years. And uh, we were out one night at some, because it provides a gorgeous, beautiful little town, and it's a great little kind of, I would say, hippie commune. People are a lot more open-minded and kind. I mean, there's still like a, a, a you know, militant, nonsensical, I don't know if you can call it, you know, Trumpy thing, but there's people who are stuck in the past, and, well, we'll just say stuck in the past. That's a nice way to say it. But... Um, but we're out at this place. I think it was a Mexican place, but they had so many amazing restaurants and, and it was authentically the people like if you went into a place that kind of had a whether it was Thai or Mexican or some various types of Asian foods or whatever, it was always people that were authentically from those places. And it was just great. And they were super sweet people. But we're out one night talking, whatever, and whoever was at the table beside us, like, you know, you hear joking and laughing and stuff. And at some point I just heard this girl yell. Jesus, Danny Tanner. <laughs> and uh, I thought, man, that's a full house over at that table. Oh, I didn't oh know if they were goodness. playing a card game, you know, and she had a full house and that was how they, they, they want it. But do you ever remember, and I, I'm just thinking about this. So I've got my computer and I've got my, the, tele, the TV's on. 
just going to say the telephone's on, but it is because it's a computer also. Um, and so I, I think it'd be fun, too, if we just drop in things, if we shoot it like this. I mean, it'd be fine in the morning, too, but mostly it's news shows in the morning, which would still be fine because it'd be topical stories. But so Beverly Hills Cop 2 is on, and I think this would be fun, too, just to drop in things we see on TV while we're talking. But uh, uh, people forget how good Judge Reinhold was. And, and, you know, but he just had that hot streak in the 80s and then he got stuck in the Santa Claus. But then Brigitte Nielsen and people forget how young Eddie Murphy was because he was still in his mid 20s, I think, at this point. Right. But Dean Stockwell was so good. And I think most people, if they think of Dean Stockwell, they just think of him as the uh, the character from um, from Quantum Leap. Sam, you know, that would show up the hologram that would. Right. Right. Back and forth in time with good old Dr. Sam Beckett. Um, uh but but the other guy that plays the villain in Beverly Hills Cop 2 uh, was in Das Boot, and he was in... I'll tell you the other... The bad thing about Beverly Hills Cop 2, <clears throat> or maybe an interesting thing, <clears throat> excuse me, is that um, so many of the people in that movie have just had horrific plastic surgery. Mainly just Judge Reinhold and uh, I guess Virginia Nielsen's had a little, but uh, but uh, Kurt, it wasn't Kurt Jurgens, it was um, Jurgen Prochnow, but he was so great in that, and I feel like he was in. Did you ever see? Um, he's a handsome bastard with a full head of hair. That's one thing you you and and Jurgen Prochnow both have phenomenal heads of hair. <laughs> <laughs> and us, us, the Sean Connery, the Sean Connery crowd over here is just kind of where we are. But oh, but he was great. But he was in um, a number of things, like Air Force Air Force One, and he's in the Da Vinci Code, and, and he was on season eight of Twenty Four, and he was very good. And Das Boot, but he was just, uh, but he was in. Have you ever seen the mouth in the Mouth of Madness? It's kind of a Stephen King thing. It's it's kind of like a Stephen King joint, uh, but it's a John Carpenter film. But it's where not. Sam Neill... I'm sorry? I have not. Okay, well, it's like Sam Neill plays an author who is very um, Stephen King-ish, but is, but is in the context of the story is a rival of Stephen King's. But basically, he goes to this, like in Stephen King novels, and it is very Lovecraftian, like it's intentionally <clears throat> dealing with Lovecraftian issues and lifts, lifts a lot from that. <clears throat> and it takes its name also partially from uh, the Mountains of Madness, which also had a lot to do with uh, if you ever uh, you're 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 a, a few months older than me. But if I remember when I was a kid, G.I. Joe, the movie, the cartoon was 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 when I was like six, it came out. Oh, so I was 20. Possibly. Possibly. I don't like I don't like to label people. But uh, but uh, but it but it if you ever watch that movie, it's better than any of the live action movies. But it also deals in like Lovecraftian mythology is like the history of, of uh, the Cobra organization and all that. But it was just really good story. But it dealt a lot in the Lovecraftian thing and like, yeah, and really delve, delved into the whole thing about um, uh, kind of the same thing that had branched out and blew up on the right now, tying it back into what we're talking about. Think about the idea um, and in all fairness, various uh, cultures from around the world have all described, you know, lizard people and all this. So who knows? But it delved into that. It delved into that 
you know, some of the original people that landed on Earth hundreds of millions of years ago were a lizard people from another galaxy who came here. But in in the, the Mountains of Madness and H.P. Lovecraft, and that had been adapted into the G.I. Joe thing, that they were hidden in the Himalayas. And so, they but still it, are. I know people that know these things. Well, America, you know, has at least 73 million of them from uh, from what I heard in 2020. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, but anyway, but In the Mouth of Mad, it was just a great film. But it's but basically the novel, he bec- he ends up becoming a character in one of his horror novels. And it becomes this, you know, multiple wall breaking narrative where the story comes to life and characters from the book show up. And then he, but he basically, you know, as the story progresses, finds himself in uh, one of his novels. But it was weird because Sam Neill, and I don't know if you if if you like Sam Neill's work or different things he's been in. But I feel like when I was a kid, he would just do all these. I wouldn't say oddball movies, but it was almost like they would want to make movies that would and it kind of be B movies, but they would make them big budget, and they'd get Sam Neill to do them. Like when they did Event Horizon, they're like, Pierce Brosnan's playing James Bond. Liam Neeson's not available. Let's get Sam Neill, you know, because he because he, he did uh, Jurassic the Jurassic Park films, um, and well, obviously he, the thing that I mean, he's, a, he's fantastic at anything he's ever done. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, and he read for you know he auditioned for I say read well he did read for James Bond because it was still a reading, but they did a screen test. Um, um, I see it. I'm down for that. Even now. Wait, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He, um, and I think it was after it was right before Timothy Dalton. And literally I could, we could deep dive James Bond on multiple of these episodes, or I could just weave it in, you know, somehow, but, um, why James Bond is so vanilla. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. He reminds me of Rachel McAdams. That is burn your mouth off. That was, that was George George Carlin reminds me of anyway. No, I love George Carlin, but, but he was somebody who was, uh, um, whenever Timothy Dalton had ended up doing it, which Timothy Dalton rejected it multiple times, James Bond. But it originally been approached. Have you ever seen The Lion in Winter from 1968 with Peter O'Toole and uh, oh, uh, Catherine Hepburn? Yes. And so he plays the young French king. Yeah, not The Lion King. I'm looking for The Lion in Winter. Um, 1968. Yeah, but uh, but no, he yeah he was phenomenal. But yeah, you know, dude, it's so strange. We could I feel like this is a thing that we could just end up doing multiple episodes about just the the the, the, the rabbit hole of who's involved. But I love Peter O'Toole is amazing. Peter O'Toole always had one of my favorite lines, and especially after I quit drinking and was you know more into cigars. He had some great. He was always famous for one-liners, and he was one of the great drunks. You know, the great alcohol enthusiasts um, uh, with Richard Burton and uh, Richard Harris and Oliver Reed and and Albert Finney and Albert. Uh, um, oh, Albert Finney, yeah, was who I was thinking of, and Peter Finch. But um, but he had this great line about, uh, "Boy, make the world your ashtray." Yes. Yeah, phenomenal. But yeah, but the line of winter. Yeah, but uh, Anthony Hopkins, you know, played their son. Nigel Terry played. Okay, so you know, but that's a strange thing is that 
they play all these characters that are very familiar in other circumstances, like the line in winter. So it's, you know, Henry II and Eleanor of Eleanor of Aquitaine, but that's, you know, in the, most people's uh, fictional liter literature, literary journey really is like a prequel to the Robin Hood stories. Cause if you watch the line in winter, all their sons are dickheads, but Anthony Hopkins plays Richard, the Lionheart. Nigel Terry plays Prince John. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just this, it's just this odd contextual thing where, you know, I guess, but I think, it, I guess in a lot of films have become inadvertent prequels or sequels to things or intentionally are, they'll change, change the, the vision and trajectory of the characters. And a lot of times, obviously, if it's a character that, that becomes an antagonist later in the story, um, they'll show kind of that, that setup, you know, um, but, uh, but Nigel Terry's a fascinating, did you ever see uh, Excalibur that came out in like 1980? No. Okay. He oh, played Excalibur? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I've only seen that movie 8,029 times. Okay. Well, you might not remember what I'm talking about then, but no. So, but he, but he died young. I mean, well, I say young, he was 69, but I don't remember anything he was really in. Cause I've, I know a lot about that movie, but I've never seen it. So maybe that's a, that's a thing we could all. And also at some point, I think it would be fun. Maybe if one day a week we would do like a movie review or like, but I feel like we'd end up talking about stuff. So, so often and weaving it in. I don't know where you would get that from. I know. Well, I'm, you know, 25 concussions. It's, 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 it's easy to, to forget stuff. Um, but one thing I want to do is uh, we won't have to worry about licensing at all. We're going to say, okay, now we're going to listen to and we'll name a song and we'll link the song in the description, but we won't play it. And we'll say, pause the the uh, podcast right now and then part two, you know, unpause it when you're done listening. And uh, they can experience it in an alternate time but it's still linear. Absolutely. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, dude, I think also we can do, and there's no copyright about this. If we just, but similarly, like, and I don't know if you'd ever want to do it with like, um, I mean, it's easier to do with sports or, uh, I mean, professional wrestling is where it happens the most where they'll just do watch alongs where they'll just have the volume off. And they'll just say, if you want to watch along with us, hit play in three, two, yeah. one. And you just do play by play and talk about things and tell stories. And so they can just listen along and, you know, there's no sound or volume. You're just commenting on it as you, and that might be a thing I do if you're not available and, and I'm just kind of winging it by myself, you know, whenever. Um, but, um, uh, so what was so like so you've seen Excalibur a bunch so obviously it's 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 a top top 10 for you. What what would you say are like interesting things like cuz obviously there's a ton of people in that movie who are huge or big stars then but they became superstars later. Like I guess Heron Helen Mirren I just clicked on it. Yeah, Helen Mirren, um Patrick Stewart, Gabriel Byrne, Liam Neeson. Um were there were there interesting things or quirks or mannerisms you saw in that movie that you 
later on saw them doing other movies where you're like, oh, they're just doing that again. Like, like Richard Gere does a thing where he'll inhale through his nose a lot, turn his head and exhale. Right, right. Uh, well, you know, Patrick Stewart, I, I'm going to get yelled at for this, but he's Patrick Stewart. He's just so much different. Like actors like Tom Cruise is always Tom Cruise. Arnold is always Arnold, you know. They're, George Clooney rarely acts. He's just the smoothest motherfucker there is. So Patrick's kind of like that to me. He uh, He's always going to be Shakespearean in everything he does. And that movie, certainly, uh, they're bringing their wheel game uh, to the highest level. You know, the movie now would be considered a B-movie. But at the time, it was just spectacular. It, it was high art, uh, for especially for a kid. And I was already into King Arthur and uh, great acting. And, and what I found intriguing is Guinevere and Lancelot, you just saw the thirst. Those actors nailed it. So uh, I, I just love the movie to death. Everybody in it, Helen Mirren, what has she ever done that wasn't just her being her, you know? great actors but you don't see them change outside of their uh, this circle that they're in yeah well that's always and the greatest compliment i think i ever got from my father um was that he said that i reminded him i'll try not to cry when i say this but he said that i reminded him of um Oh shit! What's that guy's name? Um, that me as an actor reminded him of uh, Robert Mitchum. Oh, nice. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, what you know? Because Robert Mitchum was like, he didn't act; he just had real moments. You know, which is always my goal. Which is the hardest thing for me—not the hardest thing, but like when we're in class, right? Like I'm very aware that I'm not acting and I'm I'm performing, and that's half the reason is I'm, I'm I just get very I would say I get insecure about it, but it's hard for me to pay attention to what I'm doing and I'm trying to focus on, especially like if we're like reading a scene or doing a well just a reading and like to 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 focus on giving the other person stuff and not be so inside my head about you're just performing and, and you know what I mean? but I mean I guess that's kind of what happens when you get in situations like that. Um, but I just really noticed that last night, like I've, like, it was great and it was beautiful. I was, I got, we did that, uh, that Monty Python thing, obviously that's possible. The name of the show came from, um, but I was so, I don't know if you could tell, like I was sweating, like I got so worked up doing that sketch. I was sweating. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's what the class is about. And I really hope we find that as we continue to do this, it, that goes away, you know, not the excitement, but the, the, uh, ambient feel becomes more comfortable. Since, since I have absolutely no delusion of talent, I rarely get anything other than I'm having fun. 
Well, I think I think I think you you sell yourself sh- short about that because I think you have a very specific <clears throat> type and cadence and a charm that I think. And that was a funny thing last night, like you mentioned about, you know, the, the you know, use the phrase about not being able to act. I think everybody acts and everybody can play every character, but they're just distinctively different enough that in context of situations you would cast other people. You know what I mean? Like, I think everybody has the capability of it. And that's one thing I could never, uh, because people always say like the thing about they can't act. And I'm like, can you tell the truth? And they're like, yes. I'm like, then you can act. Like, it's not about false representations. It's about trying to peel away those things and to have the most authentic moment you can. I I need to, I I don't want to pause this because uh, I feel like I paused it before and then I couldn't get it to unpause but I'm going to step away for about 30 seconds. All right. I'll fill the time. Okay. All right. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. So what am I going to talk about? Let's see. Interesting thing about the banking situation. And if you'll recall while you're away, I called the bank collapse the day before it happened. And I guess I should have shorted their stock or bought Bitcoin or done something. But I didn't because, as it's well known, if I buy a stock, it plummets. It is like a force of nature. Like the sun is going to come up in the morning. I buy stock. You better short it. Maybe I should do that. All right, everybody. Let's pick a stock. I'm going to buy it, but you all short it before I do. You can give me a call at 1-893-867-5309 and tell me what stock you want to buy, and I'll short it. Hold on. Now, tell me again. Tell me – now, I, I'm back, by the way, for those of you listening. Are what, you sure? Uh, uh, no. But uh, – so what were – what – for you, I mean, I know you just, you just, I, I heard part of that when I was, when I was stepping away and walking back. What about, did you, what indicators did you see other than maybe like everybody kind of knew it was going to happen, but like what were in, possible indicators that you saw or red flags? I mean, as somebody who I think you're, you're very uh, adapt and adept at, at being engaged in, in stocks and trading and whatnot, like what were signs or, Things that you saw that were uh, indicators of a questionable future for this for this these institutions. Well, when Frank Dodd got repealed by the Orange Menace, uh, I started paying attention to mid-level banks, and basically those mid-level banks across the board took a dive in the market. So while I didn't call out this specific bank, everybody on the inside knew that something was happening and they really should just go to jail because they gave all kinds of bonuses and stuff right before the collapse. And it's just criminal. It is so criminal. It is treason. When you undermine your nation's well-being on that level it is nothing short of treason and 
I just would have no problem with the ultimate punishment for each and every one of them. But that's it. The mid-level banks, even the high, you know the banks that can't fail, they all took a dip, and, uh, and that was my post that bailouts are coming, um, and it's not going to stop because other banks are doing the same thing right now, and there's going to be a hundred people in that bank to make money, or maybe twenty, and it's going to be a bloodbath. But hey, us taxpayers are there for it because we can pay for that. But we can't pay for free lunches for children who are regulated by the government to go to school. You know, we can't afford education. We we can't afford uh, mass transit at a reasonable price. We can't afford these things. But uh, whenever a business needs money and they've they're big enough. They're going to get theirs. What uh, do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, I would, I, I'm pretty sure I know your answer. You don't think this would have happened under some other administration? I mean, do you think that would have happened if anyone else had been president? Uh, well, after Frank Dodd got repealed, and, and the, to me, this goes on Biden on the fact that he did not day one undo everything that was done he did a lot of undoing but you know biden is nothing but a reagan republican so uh i'm sure that his friends or friends of his friends made out well on this absolutely do you well so when he comes on tv and talks about that people are going to pay for this on a, I mean, on a scale of one to ten, ten being that some shit will actually happen. Do you think? Do you think it's just going to be the low, the low to mid tier people that end up pay, going to jail if anybody does? While the people uh, that actually, I mean that that would be the norm. That's the standard. Uh, in his credit, he has accomplished a lot of truly progressive values, which what we call progressive the rest of western civilization calls tuesday um you know there are countries where bankers that commit fraud go to jail and uh it would be refreshing you know it would be just really really lovely to watch their entire dynasty suffer everything taken away that they've ever made or accomplished. And I feel bad for their kids, but tough, you know, I mean, Bastille day took care of a lot of corruption. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Uh, I had, Oh, I, I, I had, uh, I had coffee with my, um, dude, who was an amazing history teacher. Uh, he's in real estate now, but back in the day he taught history and he taught in South Carolina for a while, but he was great. I loved his class cause it was nutrient dance. It was European history. Maybe it was world history, but I don't know. But his final exam was 400 questions and I got a 94. So I thought it was, you know, fantastic. Were 70 but, of them asking if you like redundant questions? 
Well, I'm bad at math. Um, but in another, anyway, but later I had an AP history class. And in celebration of Bastille Day, we took all the chairs and desks and put them out in the hall. So, All right. I celebrate Bastille Day by playing Rush. Not Bastille. Well, they have a song called Bastille Day, so. Oh, I'm sorry. I see. I didn't. I don't. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I only know like three or four Rush songs. Um. Well, you know, that's better than a lot of people. Is Spirit of the Radio, is that a Rush song? It is indeed. Right. And Working Blue Collar Man? That Blue Collar Man is Sticks. Working Man is Rush. A Working Man. It is Working Man. Okay. I mean, most of the most of these songs I think I know is because they're wrestling theme songs that were nice. used in the Yeah, I feel like the the um oh the Von Erichs out of Texas, you know, they were a huge deal uh, back in the seventies and eighties, mostly the eighties. And I actually um uh Zach uh who's Zach with the muscles? Zach uh that was in high school musical to play Ted Bundy. Yeah, Zach Afron's playing uh Kevin Von Erich in a movie they're shooting right now and he's getting huge, huge for it. But but they used uh Working Man, Modern Day Warrior, uh Tom Sawyer. Tom, yeah, Tom, yeah, and Tom Sawyer, yeah. Yeah. Um so a little little bit of uh the Canadian trio. Were they all Canadians in Rush? They were indeed the Holy Trinity. Yeah, well, I guess Getty Lee's famous just because his name is Getty Lee. He's got the hair and the the sunglasses and the uh, soul patch. And amazing godlike talent. That too. That too. How many times have you seen Rush? 33 times. Are you going to leave it at that? Because that's, uh, you might have to go 34 just to break. Uh... You know, I knew I was old when I outlived uh, 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 historical religious figures. So, um, my goal is to see them for thirty fourth time, but uh, that will be extremely unlikely. Do you know if they're doing a North American tour this summer, or what they're what they're up to? They haven't toured in ten years. Neil Pert, the drummer, has died, and while they have played some, like at Taylor Hawkins Memorial. Mm-hmm. They uh, played that, and uh, one of the guys from South Park was, you know, they're huge Rush fans anyway, and they were doing his birthday and uh, with Primus, and the guy showed up and played a little bit. But, uh, nah, they, uh, they're done. They've been done for a while. Okay, all right. I was hoping to to get uh to be able to see Elton John, but uh, I feel like at this point I don't even know if he's if he well he, he I'm sure he has some more uh, North American uh, dates, but I mean at this point I don't I mean maybe well you know what I've got it pulled up right now let me just yeah I might have to go to another earthquake in Turkey. Constantinople is uh, dead on a mega fault, and it is so overdue. And that city is made out of basically mud for the most part. It is going to flatten. 
I don't know the details of this one, but uh, let me see if I can find out. Isn't that odd that that hasn't happened more often? Just because and it's so funny, not funny, but I mean, just that that for, you know, tens of thousands of years. Well, maybe not tens of thousands, but for so long, thousands of years, you know, that it definitely was almost like a cradle of uh, one of the most important cities in the history of the world. Yeah, I mean, I would love to go to Constantinople for that very reason. It it really tied in Europe with Asia. It, it's just seen so much. Uh, definitely one of the top ten most important cities to human history. Did uh. <sighs> Sorry. Well, it's so, I feel like so many times in literature, um, because obviously, um, you know, like Murder on the Orient Express uh, starts there because that's where they're all coming from to get on right. the Orient Express, and uh, and I think. Uh, um, the world is not enough. The James Bond film, the, the climax involves a nuclear submarine in, in, in the port there. Um, but yeah, just all that. Speaking of all that, like, uh, just amazing food. Have you all been to Cava? Yes. We have, haven't we? No. Okay. I'm a dirty liar. I don't believe that, but no, you're not, uh, but no, you're not, but, uh, I I went there. It was fine. I liked it, but I'm like, uh, you know, this was like $25, right? I can make this in my house for $5. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's great. Mediterranean, all that. Yeah. But I'm like, literally, I eat this kind of thing all the time at my house for right. five or six bucks. And it's, you know, I get all my, you know, garbanzo beans, black beans, any avocado. I mean, I don't usually put any cheese, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like funny, but I guess we do the same thing with coffee, you know? Well, we, you know, I, I have pretty much perfected hibachi. And we used to eat that out all the time, and now it's like, nope, make it better at home. That stuff too. It's like it's almost like people. It's well, I mean, well, clearly, it's not. It's not that it's like this. It is this. People intentionally don't develop skills because there are service industries which cater to them not having skills. In this town, Winston Salem, North Carolina, it is a. You got a Starbucks, a mattress outlet, and a restaurant all within the same building. There are so many restaurants in this town. I don't understand how grocery stores even survive.
Well, I guess maybe it's just people with kids and they just, you know, just in terms of like the practicality of like feeding before school, hopefully. I mean, I mean, it's horrific what kind of a uh, what kind of food insecurities we have. And in, in, I mean, obviously anywhere, but especially around in the triad. I mean, it's, it's bad across a lot of North Carolina, but uh, but uh, but also, too, I just think people because they get so conditioned to what's easy. And obviously, when they think of like finger quotes fast food, it's just a bunch of processed garbage, and so they don't even know that that it's just not food. I mean, there may be a some small nutrient value, but it's just not. You know, I mean, everybody needs a guilty pleasure every once in a while, but sure, absolutely, and you know, restaurants employ people and all that stuff, but it seems yeah, here lately I, restaurants yeah. are more impressed with the idea of their food being a certain way than it tasting good. And, uh, I mean, like we, we've traveled a bit in the past few years, despite COVID and the food sucks. It just, we went to first watch and the gravy was just garbage. And it, you know, it's a premium price in my opinion for what you're getting. And I'd rather go to Waffle House. Well, that's that that is geared towards law enforcement. Um, I'd rather go to. Uh, I mean, first watches. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, yes that that name that was a good movie though. Was yeah was that first watch? What was the name of that movie? End of watch. End of watch. Is that Bruce Willis? No, I don't remember who's in it. Oh, oh, oh! Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Pena's had a fascinating career. Have you ever seen that movie? Let me look up the name of it. He has, and it, and when he did Fantasy Island, he really had an opportunity to get a franchise for himself, and I just feel like he just didn't want to be there. I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to see that, but I, I didn't, I mean, if it's on a platform, um, service, but, but yeah, he's just everything he does. I, again, I've never seen that, but, uh, God, there was one great movie I'm trying to find. Um, let's, uh, extinction. If you get a chance to watch a movie called extinction, it's fascinating. Yeah. Who's in it? He, Lizzie Kaplan. Uh, Wasn't there a female lead in it? Big name. Uh, well, Lizzie Lizzie Kaplan. Um, I mean, I think I've just known who she was because I think I had a crush on her years ago. But um, I say that. I mean, I think she and I are the same age, or she might be. Um. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, she's she's in it. Um, oh yeah, she's two years younger than me. Yeah, so but she you know she's in Cloverfield and Great Old Robber, Mean Girls. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's me. That's me. All right, man, we're gonna wrap this one up. But uh, you know, we do what we do. 
the interesting thing is uh, no one will know our names, even if, I guess, we say what they are. But we didn't mention our names. I think we'll keep it that way for now. What do you think? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it'll just I would say, you know, just let let people enjoy the content and if they're that curious, they can hit us up. That sounds good to me, man. Let's uh we're going to wrap this up. It is uh season 1, episode 1 of No It Isn't podcast with and No it isn't. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs>